Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. My aunt didn't even call me. She texted me and said, uh, you might be mad, but I changed my mind. I found something better. And I'm like, you can't do that. I already paid the money. This is the plaintiff, Tranika Houston. She says the defendant is her aunt, and she loaned her $1,800 to buy some furniture. And the woman refuses to pay her back. This is sad because she and her aunt were close. This has definitely driven a wedge in their relationship. But she needs her money and is suing for it today. This is the defendant, Rosie Thompson. She says she told her niece to take some pictures of the furniture, but she went ahead and purchased the stuff for her before she could tell her if she wanted it or not. Her niece jumped the gun on the purchase. She found other furniture she liked more, which was cheaper, and she doesn't owe anyone a thing. She's accused of being nasty to her niece. All parties, please raise your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, Your Honor. All right, Ms. Houston, you are suing your aunt, Ms. Thompson, for $1,800. Why? What happened? So my aunt recently moved from a one-bedroom apartment and purchased a home, a three-bedroom home. Um, so she was in need of furniture. She asked me to keep an eye out. So I came across a listing that my friend had posted. She had several different items, one, uh, two, which being a dining room set, and a living room set. So I called my aunt and I said, hey, my friend has this furniture. Are you interested? She said, yeah, send me some photos. I sent her the photos. She immediately called me back and said, I I'm interested. I want it. I want it. How did you send her uh, the photos? Through email? Through text? How? Through text. Okay. How is it she told you I want it? That was verbal. She said she wanted it. Uh, after I called her back and said that the lady wanted 2000 she said, no. I have 1500 1500 right now. So I called her back, my friend. And well, she why said, don't no. you just put your aunt in touch with your friend instead of being the go-between? So I did tell my aunt. I said, why don't you negotiate? She said, no, it's your friend. She's going to give you a better deal. <laughs> so that's how I ended up brokering. Okay. And then what happens? So she said, my friend said, well, I'll take 1800 My aunt was like, well, I only have fifteen. I told her, I said, well, I have the 1800 She was like, okay, uh, can you go ahead and pay it? I said, no okay. problem. Now, so hold I, on a I, second. I, Remember how I asked you a minute ago why you don't just give your friend's number to your aunt 
and you gave me a pretty good answer. Well, she's your friend. You'll negotiate a better deal. Why do you front the money instead of just saying, nah, I've already done enough. I've already negotiated the deal for you. You take it from here. Why would you put the money forward? That was in order for my friend to hold the furniture. Yeah, well, then if, you're, if your aunt doesn't get your friend the money to hold the furniture, your aunt doesn't get the furniture. It's simple. Like there's, she's got skin in the game if she's the one who puts the money down, right? So why, why do you get involved by putting the money down? It turns out to have been a very bad idea, right? Very bad idea. So you know why I'm asking you this, because it was a bad idea, okay? So now you end up giving your friend the 1800 and according to you, you tell your aunt what? Oh, so I called her back that night and I was like, okay, the deal is done. The furniture is yours. She said, okay. My aunt called me back the next day, which was that Monday, to ensure that I actually gave the money. She was like, are you sure? Am I good to go? I was like, Amy, I was just about to call you to see when you wanted to pick up. She said, I'm off Thursday. I'm going to call Uncle Byron and we can pick it up Thursday. So I called my friend and, and asked her to clear her schedule for Thursday. And then? And then nothing happens Tuesday, Wednesday. She, my aunt didn't even call me. She texted me and said, uh, you might be mad, but I changed my mind. I found something better. And I'm like, you can't do that. I already paid the money. So what happened here, Miss Thompson? She called me on Sunday. She called me with, I just got home from work and she was asking me, she said, hey, Amy, are you interested in buying some furniture? My friend got some furniture she want to sell. And I said, send me some pictures. So she sent me two pictures. She sent me a picture of a living room set and a dining room set. I looked at the pictures and I said, well, how much she want for it? She said she wanted 2000 I said, that's too much. I sent her a text message and I told her, I said, well, see if she can do 1200 I say she can do 1200 and she, she would text each other back and she was like well I hadn't heard from her yet and that kind of stuff and I told her I said well I still need to see some pictures because she's also told me that her friend had some bookshelves and some dishes and some other stuff because her friend was trying to open up a convalescent home and the deal didn't go through I said well I still need you to go over to the storage and take some pictures of the furniture then she said, well, I, I already paid her for it. I didn't ask her to pay for any furniture. I didn't ask her to pay for anything. So according to you, you never, ever, ever told her, yes, I'll take it. Can you pay the money for now, me? Once, I didn't ask her to pay anything for me. Okay, so I'm reading the text that you gave me into evidence that right. say, no, you bargain with her. That's your friend. Tell her I'll That's do That's right. Just a second. Hmm. Tell her I'll do 1200 cash right now. Work your magic now. I'm telling you 1200 Hook your Annie up. And she says, right. okay. You say, okay, what? And your niece says, I texted her. She hasn't responded yet. And then you mm -hmm. say, hey, you might get mad, but I changed my mind. I found something for a better price. So go That's get right. your money. So where is the conversation between one thing and the other? Where's all the 1800 conversation? It's mm -hmm. not in these texts that she gave me. That was verbal. If you did not tell her that you'd pay 1800 Ms. Thompson, then why are you saying you're going to get mad, but I changed my mind? Like, if you hadn't ever agreed to 1800 there was nothing you were changing, and there was nothing for her to get mad about. 
So why aren't those words in text evidence of what might have been said verbally on a phone? Because I told her initially when I talked to her that I might get the furniture and she was expecting for me to get the furniture. Nah, if, if, if 1800 came up, there has to be some phone conversation. And then you say, hey, you might get mad, but I have changed my mind. I found something yes. for a better price, so go get your money. You obviously have had a phone conversation because you know she gave the money. So, so yeah. why would I believe that there was no phone conversation like she's saying and that you never authorized money to be given on your behalf? I'm reading it there where no, you judge. say, go get your money. How would you know? No, Judge, because, because she told me. That's what she told me. She said she already gave the, her friend the money. I didn't ask her to give her friend the money. She gave her friend I'm the money. I'm having a problem with that because friend. the last thing by text is 1200 And obviously, some agreement was made for eighteen because that's what she gave her friend, right? So you're I having didn't... a conversation with her on the phone. Because 18 was given. Do you see why Judge, you shouldn't have I'm any business you. doing what you're doing, what you did, Miss Houston? Have you always had a good relationship yes. with your aunt? Yes, ma'am. And now look at this. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. And this is crazy, Judge. And that's what I'm telling you. I did not authorize her to give her friend any money. She told me, she said, I already paid her for the furniture. And I told her, I said, well, if you gave your friend that money, go get your money back. That's why. I Where's your friend? Is your friend a you witness here today, Miss Houston? My friend is a witness. Okay, let's she's call her. Here. Go ahead, put her on. Good morning. Good morning. What's your name? Camilla Snead. Tell me about the discussions that you had with Ms. Houston. Her first initial text was, little raggedy girl, how much do you want for um, the uh, furniture, the living room, and a sofa? So I told her, in the text, I told her 2000 She said she got 1500 cash right now. I was like, I cannot go that low. And she basically said, uh, $1,800. I say, that's the lowest I can go. I say, so when do y'all want to pick up the furniture or whatever? Did you ever talk to the auntie yourself? No. No. How much did Miss Houston give you? She gave me $1,800 cash, $1,800 bills. Uh, I'm kind of curious. Are you good friends with Miss Houston? I am. Yeah. So um, when she tells you my aunt changed her mind, why don't you just give Ms. Houston back her money since you're good friends? That same night, I took the money and deposited it. So three days later, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I, I didn't already spent the money, started paying bills or whatever. It, go ahead and put uh, Trinika back on, please. Uh, thank you. And Ms. Thompson, let me ask mm -hmm. you a question. Have you always had a good relationship with your niece? I've always had a good relationship with my niece. So yes, am I, I, I to believe that the niece is completely making up that you authorized 1800 in order to steal 1800 from you in a civil lawsuit, a niece that you've always had a good relationship with? You know what happened, Judge? I'm going to just tell you, this is what I know happened. She, she paid for that furniture because her friend was going on a trip. And she gave that girl that money. And I told, I didn't ask her to give her any money. I didn't ask her to pay for this furniture. Best hey, you, you might back. get mad, but I have changed That's my right. mind. I found something for a better price. So go get your money. Sorry, love you. Her response, you are wrong That's on right. every level. Hashtag, no. I'm not helping nobody else. <laughs> you can help people, just don't front the money. Sorry you feel like that, and I will not bother you, but I have every right to change my mind. And then you say, bring That's my refrigerator. Right. to." No, you don't. 
It's a deal as a deal. And the fact that you call it changing your mind proves to me that you weren't in the middle of negotiating and she was precipitous because you were waiting for pictures to make a decision and then she went off and paid it on her own. The fact of your language on these texts that you gave me proves her case. I'm finding in favor of the plaintiff and the amount of the $1,800. It's your furniture, Auntie. You've got one week to pick it up from that place. If you don't, I will consider it abandoned. So we'll make arrangements with Officer McIntosh to put you and the plaintiff's friend together so that you can pick up that furniture. That's my verdict. Thank you. So the plaintiff prevails. She's going to get her money back. Ms. Thompson, how do you feel about this? You got to give that money back. You know what? I, it is what it is, but it's wrong because I didn't ever ask her to pay for any furniture for me. And I don't know why she gave her friend that money because I didn't ask her to. I asked her to send me some pictures. Here's here's the key here. What's this going to do to your relationship with uh, with? I don't with know Ms. what it's going to do. You know what? At the end of the day, I'll say this. I still love my niece. But uh, this this was wrong. I mean, this was wrong. All right, Miss Houston, let me ask you, uh, what what do you think it's going to do with your relationship with uh, with your aunt? Hopefully nothing. Hopefully we can go back to being niece and auntie. But if she don't want that, then it's nothing that I can do. I needed my eighteen hundred dollars. All right. Congratulations. You are going to get the money back. So, Doug, look, I always advise don't immediately sue a relative if you're in a dispute because that could really impair the relationship long term. But if the relative is disrespecting you, not paying back or really doing the wrong thing in really a malicious way, then I think a lawsuit is appropriate. Are either of you afraid of flying? Any interesting flying stories? I used to be afraid of flying. Um, then I got so used to it that honestly, I, I guess I'm not. Yeah. Since I've been flying flies, for 21 years. Yeah, over two million miles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, way more than two million. Uh, I have three four million. million. Four million. Four million. Four million miles. That is that is insane. I have to tell you, you do meet some really nice people on airplanes if you take the time, and sometimes yeah. the flight attendants and the staff are are fantastic. For example, um, a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. There was this super nice flight attendant uh, on American Airlines. I think she was from South Carolina, and I can't remember her name. Forgive me. But she gave me a really cool mask um, to wear uh, that you snagged and you wear all the time. I do. Right? I do. Right. Where is that? Right there. Yep. Right. That's my mask. I think she might have made it. It's actually, it's, you know. Sequin, I doubt she made it, sequin, but it's really it? sweet that right. she gave it to it you. It says USA, so. <laughs> So that now that's Marilyn's go-to. She wears it <laughs> constantly. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is the plaintiff, Tina Villanueva. She says her disabled son accidentally let their dog out of the house and the defendant ran him over with his car and then took off. Luckily, some good Samaritans got the license number of the car and she tracked him down. 
The defendants refuse to pay the vet bills for her poor dog, and she's here suing them for the $916 she's owed. These are the defendants, Policarpio and Lisa Ocean. Policarpio says he was driving down the street going the speed limit, and out of nowhere, the plaintiff's dog charged at his car and ran into the front of it. He had already stopped. The dog just ran off and continued on. Bottom line, the plaintiff's unleashed dog hit him, and somehow he's liable? They're accused of hitting and leaving a dog in the street. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says her disabled son accidentally left the door open, their dog got out, and the defendant ran the dog over and will not pay the vet bills. But the defendant says the dog ran out into the street, there was a collision, but not the defendant's fault. It's the case of the dog who booked it. Thank you, Doc. You're welcome. All right, Ms. Villanueva, you are suing for lost wages and vet bills because the defendant's car and or the defendant driving it hit your dog. Tell me what happened. Okay, um, we ha- I have a special needs son and he was asleep and I told my older son, um, let's go move this stuff out and put it in the Jeep so we can go dump it. So we went out in the backyard, we got the stuff, we left the gate open to our house from the backyard to the front yard and we got the stuff in the Jeep and we turn around and my youngest son is there. And all of a sudden our dogs come out. We have two of them, Mia and Henry. Henry comes out first. He takes off. What kind of dog is Henry? He's American bully, a pit bull. Oh, it's a pit bull. And um, your special needs son is how old? He's 11. He has um, duplication of 15Q and autism. Okay, but he didn't leave the gate open. You did. He just opened the door to see where everybody was. And then the dog got out. Right, he was sleeping. But the dog would have been inside of an enclosed gate. Right. From the 11 year old's perspective, it's the it's you and your older son who left the gate open, thinking that there's no such thing as an 11 year old to wake up in the middle of the day. Right. That would be I a more right. fair yes. way yes. to yes. say all this. Right. right. So your yes. pit bull gets loose. And what happens? Um, well, he goes to, down the street where he always goes when he decides he wants to run and play. How often? And does so he I grab run, my other. Wait, 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 wait. How often does he get out and take off to run and play? Maybe once in a, maybe once every couple months, maybe. Hmm, okay. All right. You know, because we don't want to, we live on a really busy street, so we don't, we walk them. So it's a really busy street, but your dog gets out once a month with, uh, uh, against maybe. the law with no, uh, no, uh, somebody's telling you that it's not going well. Somebody in that room just said mom or whatever. All right. (laughs) Because your dog's not supposed to get out at all, right? Your dog's not supposed to be escaping, much less once a month. And if there's a problem- We're outside when he's out, when he comes out. We're we're right there. It's not like he goes out by himself and runs the streets and hangs out. We're always right there. Well, where did he run to that he always runs to uh, that he gets out once a month? Because I hope you don't just walk him once a month. So let's No, no, we walk him three times a day. What? Okay. All right. So the dog runs to where? How far away? Maybe a house down. It's um, where his friend lives, my son's friend, and they've been down there and hung out. Okay. So he knows And then what happens? And then from there, I turn around. He's down there. I say, tell my son, go get the dog. And now your older son is how old? 17. And I don't know anything from there. I was in the house. Okay. 
My well, son is went your after son, the dog. Is your son here to testify to what happened? He's the one who was doing the motion. Uh, yeah, I figured. Well, go <laughs> ahead. So why don't you let him tell us the rest of the story? Go ahead, son. Hello, Judge Million. Hi. So your mom tells you to get the dog, and what happens? So I, you know, he goes down to the house, sniffs at the gate, and you know, scratching on the door. And then I go up behind him, and then he sees me. So he runs to our other neighbor's house, and then he, you know, looking in the gate, you know, looking for the other dog or whatever. And then he sees me again, and he thinks I'm trying to play. I tell him, "Come here." And then he, he goes off, and then he goes into the little gutter area to sniff a think a dead animal he's sniffing something and then he sees me again and then he runs in the street and then I see from about like a couple houses or like a block away the car coming this way and then I told him to stop and the first told time who he to stop to me, the dog or the car the dog the dog I told the dog to stop Henry and then the first time he listens to me he, he stopped in the street and I was telling him to come here and then he just hit the dog so you told Henry to stop, and then Henry stops, and then Henry gets hit because he's in the middle of the street when he stops? Yes. Okay. And um, the fellow who hit your dog is the defendant? He was driving the car? Yes. And the defendant was driving the car in the street where cars go, right? Yes. Was he speeding or anything? No, he was going the speed limit. He just didn't stop. He, he didn't stop. He just Does it the occur dog to you that he maybe stopped. he didn't see your dog? Because he doesn't expect well, a dog to come running out of a house? Well, yeah, but he is a pretty big dog, and I assume that he would see him. All he's right, a so if he's he's a do you dog. think that that Mr. Ocean saw him and said, ooh, 10 points for a pit bull, and tries to hit him? Or do you think that it was an accident that happened because your dog escaped? Well, All right, you chew on that and put off. your mother back on a second, and let me hear from you, Mr. Ocean, what happened? Okay, I'm doing like the 35 miles per hour in a street. That's very slow. It's busy street. I saw a dog that with a with a guy with a guy with a leash. The guy, the guy is uh, like a sit down for a while, and then the dog take off running with me toward to me on the in the middle of the street, and then the, I already stop. I know it's coming, stop, and it's still running toward to me. And then hit my underneath to my hood, and then he take off again. He crossed the street again, and then he stopped the, uh, on the other side on the street. That's it, what happened. I Still, I stopped in there. So, for what's going so what on. you're saying is you saw the dog, you stopped, mm -hmm. and the dog was running towards you and hit the car? Yes. That's what happened. What you feel he did wrong. He's on the street. He's driving. He says he sees the dog and he stops. And the dog is propelling wild without a leash because you and your son and your other son let him run in the street, which is illegal. The dog's supposed to be on a leash. Um, it's always particularly worrisome to me when it's a pit bull because it's always a pit bull because they can be more dangerous uh, when their owners let them rove free. But it doesn't matter to me if it's a pit bull or a poodle. I don't care what it is. The dog is loose without a leash, which is against the law. He is driving on a street, which is exactly what streets are for. What did he do wrong that he would have to pay for the vet? Okay. Um, well, um, I wasn't out there when he got hit. I know he was not running. Uh, he was stopped in the middle of the street. He said he saw the dog. The dog did not charge anyone. He was waiting for my son. 
So do you and think we, do you think that he tried to hit the dog? He said, "Oh, no, let no, me no, hit no, a dog." No, 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 but I don't think he All right. He so let's assume if you don't feel it was on purpose, then it was an accident. Of course not. Right. So right. when an accident happens, you have to look at the two sides. One side is him. There's an accident because a dog runs into the street. What negligence did he have? The other side is you. Okay? You have a dog and the dog got loose. But why didn't why didn't he stop when he knew he hit the dog? Why didn't he stop? There's only right two there. possibilities. He tried to stop and didn't, or he tried to hit your dog. You admit no, that he it's stopped preposterous there and he sat in the to car suggest he that stopped. he tried to hit your dog. So if no, an accident happens out there because your dog is loose, how is that his fault? Because he knew the dog was there. He said he did. He said the, he saw the dog and that the, the dog was sitting there and that he hit the dog, basically. Okay. He so do you stop, think and he when hit he the, dog hit the dog on purpose? He landed on top of my dog. Do you think he hit the dog on purpose? Where, no, well, I don't know if he did. I'm not him. I don't can't speak well, do you have any evidence that he, he hit the dog because he wanted to hurt your dog? Well, I don't know him. I did, he didn't stop and talk to us. We were right there. We okay. Saying, You're on our dog. All right, Ms. Villanueva, I'm going to drag us all back to planet reality, okay? The bottom line is that this is an accident. It is not his fault. Okay, it is actually your fault, and you have to pay your own dog's vet bills, and should be more careful with your dog, especially a dog that gets loose once a month. Okay, verdict for the defendant. Thank you. We are careful. So the judge has just found in favor of the defendant, and the plaintiff got very angry and has left the courtroom, so to speak. Uh, Mr. Policarpio, let me ask you a quick question here: How do you feel about the outcome of the case? I feel good. Yeah, I feel. Good. That's good. And and to repeat again, you saw the dog at one point. Repeat what happened very quickly. Yeah, I saw the dog running toward to me, and it hit my un, uh under after it hit the underneath, and then it, the dog take off. That's what you said in the trial. So uh, yeah, obviously the judge has sided with you. It's her problem because the dog was loose. Doug, even if the defendant struck the dog. Um, they wouldn't be responsible unless they saw the dog in advance and had enough warning to slam on the brakes and, for whatever reason, fail to do so. Prior to hearing testimony from the litigants and reviewing their written statements, how often is your initial opinion the same as when you render your verdict? I would say it's about 75% the way it looked like it was going to go. Okay. Based on reading the complaint, the answer, and all the documentary evidence, and a right. good 25%, which is shockingly high, right. I think, and I'm curious to hear what you say, but that all of a sudden it just goes the other way because it's yeah. not as, as black and white as you might have thought it was. I would agree with that. For me, it might even be higher, as you said. Really? Because when you're, when you're sitting in your chambers before you go out on the bench and you're reading a complaint and an answer and maybe a reply to the answer, you're looking through it and you have this tendency to, based on your own lived experiences and your own training and knowledge, taking these factual scenarios and, and creating heroes and villains. Right. You pigeonhole right. what and, you're right. reading because that's how the mind processes stuff. Right. And sometimes it's two villains or, right. yeah. or, or two heroes. <laughs> and you gotta try to and you gotta try to sort that out. But you know, that's But see, that's the mark of a good judge is that right. you don't walk out with your mind made up. You know right. that you can right. be persuaded. Otherwise, what's the point in a trial, right? Let's just rule Absolutely. on the paper. Right. And, and certainly cross-examination from a judge or from a, a lawyer of someone. Can end up changing your mind entirely. Yeah, things come story. out that didn't come out anywhere right. else. Right. right. So the things change. Yeah. 
This is the plaintiff, Jesus Padilla. He says he purchased some furniture from the defendant's store. And two days later, something happened in his life and he needed to return them. The defendants presented a receipt to his bank, which stated there were no returns and no refunds. But the receipt they gave him has no such language. He's here suing for the $550 he's owed. These are the defendants, Myra and Jose Cardenas. They say... They charged the plaintiff half price because he purchased discontinued floor samples. They let him know in no uncertain terms the stuff was final sale. Then, two weeks later, he tried to get his money back from them. The plaintiff also disputed the charge with his credit card company. His claim was rejected, and they refused to give him a refund. They're accused of couching issue. All parties, please hit your right hands. Welcome back to your people's court. The plaintiff bought furniture from the defendant's store and says his circumstances changed dramatically. He had to undo the deal and now can't get his money back. But the defendants say the guy purchased discontinued floor samples two years ago. He never picked up the stuff. They still have it in storage and they're sorry, but no refunds. It's the case of the couch grouch. Thank you, Douglas. All right, Mr. Padilla, you are suing Maricela's Furniture Incorporated, uh, represented here by Myra uh, and Jose Cardenas. You folks are the owners? Yes. yes. Okay. For the return of $550 that you put down on, well, I guess that was the whole cost, right? For two couches and an ottoman, correct? That's correct. All right. Tell me what happened. Uh, so I purchased some couches and an ottoman from Maricela's back in 2018. Um, and two days later, I gave them a call telling them I couldn't accept the couches. I wasn't able to pick them up. Why? And I would require. Um, Did you find something better? I mean. No, something happened in my life where I had to downsize my living situation. Okay. Yeah. And I couldn't, wouldn't be able to house the new couches. And I explained the story to Myra and uh, she was telling me, you know, there's no refunds. I was like, well, I can't do it. I can't take it. There's no way I can pick them up anyways. It just, well, I just you, purchased them. When you purchased them, was there any sign in the store that said no refunds? Was there anything on the receipt, the invoice that said no refunds? I didn't see any signs on the store. Uh, nothing was said in person, and she just handed me the receipt. What happened? Uh, when, I'm sorry, had, did you read the receipt that she handed you? From what I recall, well, I did. It says, it says a couple yeah, things. I, Let's see what it says. So this says no refunds or exchanges on deposit and merchandise. And then after that, it says 25% restocking fee on returns. What returns? I thought you said no returns or canceled merchandise. So what did you guys mean to say in this receipt, Ms. Cardenas? Like these two things? Yeah, there's no refunds. Right. Then what? What? when would you ever charge a restocking fee? That's if we ever have to do uh, or accept anything back, they will be charged a restocking fee for putting the right, stuff Right, but back. if there's no refunds, why would you be accepting something back? If it's a new item and it's still in the proper original package, you know, we can take it back, but the customer loses a 25% restocking fee. Right, but, that, but you back. say on top of that, right over that, you say no refunds or exchanges. So you see mm -hmm. how they're a little bit conflicting Yes, and you should yeah, be clearer in your forms. Mm -hmm. It should say at the store's sole discretion, in some circumstances, an accommodation can be made, and if so, there'll be a 25% restocking fee. Because mm -hmm. I think that's probably what sure. you meant. 
But in any yes. event, it's real big right on the receipt. So why would you be entitled to a refund, Mr. Padilla? Um, well, when I had called back in August, uh, talked to Myra, she told me she would uh, do me the favor of reselling the couches and then sending me the refund through the resale of the couches. She's saying that she wouldn't give me a refund. Okay. Was that in person um, or on the phone? That was in person. Okay. I went to her store and I spoke to her. Okay. And what do you say she said? Uh, that she would keep the couches, sell the couches, and issue me a refund that way. Okay. And, Ms. and she said she would, she said she would like, I don't know. It was very confusing and her language was kind of, again, confusing that she was going to give it to the bank. So the bank gave me the refund. Well, that's because you sure had, okay, you had, well, you had already contested your credit card before talking to her, right? That's correct. And oh, when the well, credit then card... what's confusing then? Wouldn't she be talking about that, that she'd speak with the bank? Because the first thing they do is contact her. Uh-huh. Right. So... Yeah, but just what she was telling me that she was going to contact the bank after she got the money back. I was like, why don't you just give me the money directly if that's what I'm asking for? Because she I said she would contact. Okay, but what was it she said she'd do? That she would keep the furniture, sell the furniture, contact the bank and get my refund that way. If she sold the furniture or that she'd sell the furniture? That she'd sell the furniture. Okay, Ms. Cardenas, uh, what was it you said to him when he came to the store? No, there's nothing we can do once, you know, you dispute a transaction. We explained uh uh, in writing, because a bank requested a copy of the invoice, and then uh, you know just to know, and we we send them a copy, explain to them that it's a final sale. It was a floor sample item. It was packaged immediately once he purchased because he had agreed to pick it up right away, and that there's nothing we can do. Right? You know, Did you ever tell him that you'll try to sell it and then you could give him his money back? No, Mr. Padilla. Yeah, Judge. Uh, so I, I turned in uh, evidence, uh, a recording of mine and Myra's, where she said that. Unfortunately, you paid with a credit card and it was a final sale item, so there's nothing we can do on that. What oh. would you like to do? That's what I need to know. I think I, I called you the very next day and I'd like to get a refund. No. I mean, you called a week later, but remember that, you know, everything was put away for you. It's still here. It's still here. So. Okay. At this moment, the only thing I can do if you want your money back, display the sofas again, and let's hope within the next two weeks we get a buyer, okay? And they buy them, and then we take care of it right away. We call the bank, and we see what's the process that they want to do. Okay. You guys are in person in front of each other, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, but it's three years later. This happened three years ago. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. So that's you saying, oh, I'll do redefine. What ended up happening? Do you know what you ended up doing? Yeah, the sofas are still. They're still yeah, the there? The sofas are still in storage. Yes. Are you serious? Are. You've stored Why? them for because, three years? Yes. The company, the bank had already closed the dispute. And all he had to do is pick up his order or lose it. And that sofas have been in storage since So you then. still actually have them for real? We have them. Yes. So if he wants to pick them up, he can pick them up? He can pick them up. Yes. Yeah. But he's, okay. he's Mr. always Padilla, been refusing to do that. What state are you from? California. Right. Um, did you bother to check the law before you went in there and surreptitiously, because I assume you didn't tell her you were taping her, uh, taped her? He never, he never did. Of course not. Did you ever check the law before you went out there? No, ma'am. Have you checked it since then? Have you checked it since then? No, ma'am. Are you a teacher? I am. I can tell from the background, either that or you've got some really nutty wallpaper. Um, would You would want your students to be prepared for, before they come to a test, right? 
Yes, ma'am. Okay, so think of this trial as a test. Not only are you not permitted to tape someone in California without their consent, you are a two-party consent state. It's actually a misdemeanor in California. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, so I won't be considering the tape. But uh, I'm also very curious about why it was three years later that you finally filed a lawsuit. What happened here? Uh, the pandemic definitely took a big chunk out of like the time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but um, 2018, just, the pandemic was 2020. <laughs> what happened between 2018 and 2020? <laughs> between that time, it was a lot of calling, showing up to the store, her giving me just, you know, loophole stories. And so, Did she ever tell you it didn't sell? Of, I still have it? Never yes, told still me there. That. He okay, well, he apparently you have furniture that you can pick up um, because <laughs> there are no refunds. Okay, there are no refunds. Even if I were to consider the tape, which I can't, I'm not. I found it amusing because, (laughs) you know, you said she said something she said she didn't. And then I have her on tape saying it. But I I, I really can't consider the tape because you didn't have her consent. Okay, but let's say I'm going to consider what she said on the tape. All right. If I consider what she said on the tape, what she says is we'll give this two weeks. And I will, I will, if I sell this, then I will give you your money back. Apparently, she didn't sell it. And she's not giving you your money back. Um, and what probably happened, I, I'm not stupid. I know what happened. There was a dispute, and then she won the dispute. Okay? And then all of a sudden, it's like, why should I sell this? I got his money. He can come pick up his furniture. So here's what's going to happen. You've got two couches and an ottoman to pick up. So, no, I am not going to order them to return your money. Since it's been three years, I am telling you now that I'm going to give you one week to pick them up. And after that, it's going to be considered abandoned. That's my verdict. Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. Well, how about that? The plaintiff is going to have one week to get the uh, couch or the furniture back. If he doesn't, it's going to be abandoned. He does not get his money back. Mr. Badia, what are you thinking? <laughs> what are you thinking right now? I'm thinking I got screwed over. Uh, I'm thinking I wish I had the money instead of <laughs> the furniture. I'm thinking I'm never going to do business with money sellers ever again. Well, that may be true. It's been three years. You haven't done anything since then. Uh, you may not in the future, but uh, are you going to go get the furniture? I guess that's the big question now. It's yours. If you want to get it, you got a week to get it. Yeah, I guess I'll go get it and try to sell it myself. I'm sure I'll have a better uh, opportunity selling it than they have. All right, Mr. Miskadinas, uh, I'm sure you're fine with the judge's decision, right? Yes, thank you. Yes, we are. Let me ask you something. In three years, why haven't you sold it? Have you tried to sell it or not? Um, no, because once they were moved out of the, the, the space, at the, you know, we weren't able to put him back. Plus, you know, we were hoping he would change his mind and just pick him up. You know, like you said, they're his furniture. All right. Well, I'm just surprised you didn't sell it in the in three years. But anyway, okay, that's beyond the point. All right, you can hold on to it for a week and then do what you want with it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Congratulations. So, Doug, in order for a no refund policy to be enforceable, it has to be prominently displayed in the store. Has Judge Milian ever thought it would be cool to be asked to be in an episode of SVU with Mariska Hargay? Oh, that's someone who, who probably knows that I've, I've said many times that people have told me I look like her. I wish right. I looked like her. But, yeah, I, I, I am a fan. Right. I love that show, and I would love to be asked to be on it. Right. It's right up your alley. Yeah. yeah and you and her have a lot in common. You know, she's, uh, she's won an Emmy, and you've won an Emmy. We've won several. I know. She's a terrific actress. Yeah, she is. And her show's been on the air probably longer than I have. Definitely. Yeah. That'll do it for this session of the People's Court. See you next time.